Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Let me read from the Bible to you from Deuteronomy chapter 7. It says this. Let me preach just for a few moments. A very powerful message. It says this, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess. This is called the Promised Land series. The Promised Land series is all about just the incredible destiny that God's got for you. The incredible desire that God's got for you. Just this incredible land flowing with milk and honey. The incredible promises of God that are yes and amen and the, the dreams that we dreamt of, uh, of peace and harmony and joy and, and uh, being surrounded by laughter. It's the promised land, the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond blessing of God. This is the promised land. The, he's the God of more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. Too many people are living in less than enough or just enough. But God wants you to live into the land of more than enough because he's the God of more than enough. How many of you you have lived in the land of not quite enough for too long? Some of you, seriously, you need to say, I've been in that land, not quite enough. And then some of you have lived in the land of just enough. You just make ends meet, just enough. Well, you know what? It's time to break that because God's promised land for you is the land of more than enough. See, see, God's designed you not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. And so the just enough blessing is just for you to survive, just to make ends meet. But God doesn't want you just to survive on you making ends meet. God wants to take you into the more than enough so that you've got enough to bless others. So that's what God's designed for you to be. See, the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you ask and think is not for selfishness. It's for generosity. It's, like, it's, it's for you to have enough. What a joy it is to be generous. But what the enemy wants to do is just to keep you tight. You know, just, well, if I can't stop you from getting enough, I'll just keep you at enough. But what I desperately don't want for you is to have more than enough. Even, even to despise those that have got more than enough. Even to despise the, the whole teaching that God wants you to have more. Oh, that's the prosperity doctrine and that's of the devil. You know, greed is of the devil. Selfishness is of the devil. Generosity is from God. God is a generous God. You get, get what I'm saying here. And God wants you to move into the more than... Why is that? Because that's his name. I'm the God of more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, the God of more than enough. And so if you're going to call the name of the Lord Jehovah Jireh, get ready for the more than enough, not so that you might be greedy, but that you might be generous. 
And let me tell you how beautiful it is to be the generous life. So this is just one of the many, many promises of God that come into the promised land. And he's God saying, I want you to go into the promised land. When the Lord your God delivers, then then it goes on and it says, uh, into the land which you possess, and it's cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Let, let, let me stop there for a sec. Because this whole series is exposing the spiritual lessons that God has for us that are found in these seven nations that God wants us to defeat. And so last week, we looked at the Girgashites. The week before, we looked at the Hittites. And we, we started by just giving you a word study on the meaning of Hittite. And Hittite comes from a root meaning of one who terrorizes, one who causes you to fall prostrate so you can't move forward. And we, and we said what the Hittites represent is the spirit of fear. Then last week, we had a look at the Girgashites, which is the number two nation that they had to defeat. And we did a, root, we did a study of the root meaning of Girgashite, and, and probably the best translation is dwellers of the black mud, dwellers of the clay. And, uh, and we had a look at how, how uh, God does not want his people to be trudging through the black mud. And the spirit that this represents is worldliness. God has called us to be people that walk the streets of gold, not people that trudge through the black mud. And so we had a look at how worldliness can easily seep in. And when it seeps in, listen, if there's anything that will destroy your anointing, it's worldliness. If there's anything that destroys your connection with God, and you know, the Bible is really clear. You know, you cannot love God and love the world. It's either one or the other. So you just can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. That straddling of the fence, you're gonna miss out anyway. It's not as if you, you know, it's it's just it's black mud. And why would you want black mud on your garment of righteousness? He's, like, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Get worldliness out. And, uh, and I hope in your connect groups that you really open that one up. And I tried not to, to be legalistic, to try to define every worldly pursuit. I think I'm going to leave, it, I leave that to you. But anything that distracts you from God is worldly. And so this week we're looking at the third spirit, which is the Amorites. And just as the Girgashites were dwellers of the black mud, the Amorites were dwellers of the high country. And so when you study who the Amorites were, wherever you find them in the Bible, you see that they lived in the mountains. They were high country people. And high country people are are, are the people that want the prominent place. And the spirit that this refers to is the, hey, look at me, spirit. I'm, I'm higher than anybody else. This is the spirit of pride. And so what we're going to do today is expose this third spirit that we've got to do battle with, this third giant. And I know that I'm mixing metaphors. We've got the, the nation of the Amorites, 
the giant of the Amorites, the spirit of the Amorites. You just got to do battle with pride. Call it a nation, a giant, a spirit. It's all three. You know, a spirit is hard to be seen. It just manifests inside of you. A giant is a big thing that stops you. A nation is a whole bunch of things that stop you. And so it's a nation, it's a giant, it's a spirit. But let's, let's have a look at how destructive this spirit of pride is. Do you realize that the first sin that was ever committed in the history of creation happened in heaven? It happened in heaven through a person called Lucifer. You can find the scripture in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. And Lucifer was the bright morning star. Lucifer was the, the, the worship leader in heaven. And I don't know what happened to Lucifer except pride started to creep in. And what Isaiah gives us a picture of is what we call the five I wills of Lucifer. I will ascend. I will exalt my throne. I will sit. I will ascend above. I will be like the most high God. And because of pride, original sin came into God's creation. Pride brought sin into God's creation. Then when we come to earth, you know, we come to earth and we have the Garden of Eden. And original sin on earth was also steeped in pride. What did it have to do with? The enemy tricked Eve and Adam into thinking that God was withholding something from them. God was was stopping them from being wise. And so through pride, the enemy said, you know what? God's stopping you from eating this tree because God knows that as soon as you eat it, you'll become wise and you will be like God. The very sin that caused him to fall from heaven, he planted into humanity. And so through pride, original sin came into the world. I want to say to you that pride is one of the most destructive forces in the universe. And pride is at the root of most of your problems. Can I tell you right now that if you've got problems at home, it's through pride. Pride has caused more marriages to break up than anything I know. Imagine this. Imagine this, that if you can fix a problem by saying, I apologize, I'm sorry. That's all you've got to do. And yet you won't do it. No way in the world am I going to apologize. They've got to apologize first. <laughs> huh? I'm, I'm telling you. It's just such an insidious thing. You know, and, and, you know, your pastor, your pastor has fallen that way. I, I, you know, th- there have been nights especially in the early years of our marriage where I slept on one side of the bed and slept on the other side of the bed and there was a chasm in between, uh, a chasm in between and it was simply because, no, she's wrong and I'm right. And she's on the other side of the bed saying, what an idiot my husband is. Why can't he see? And, and pride, and actually Anne never says that I'm an idiot, but the fact is that pride can get into our hearts and bring division and separate. And it's like, 
And the winner is the one who can hold out the most. The winner is never the most prideful person. The winner is always the most humble. And so what happens is that in this world, we elevate pride and we minimize the importance of humility. Whereas in God's kingdom, he does the the opposite. And you know, this is the problem with us is that we have difficulty spotting the pride in us. We wake up every morning thinking how humble we are. And then everybody sees the pride. I, I can... I can never forget, I'm pastoring my first church, I'm 24 years of age, senior pastor of this church, and uh, this, this elder comes to me, and he says, John, God has spoken to me about you, and, and, uh, and he's told me something, and I want to share it with you. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, wait, a great prophetic word of encouragement, and you know, I'm going to be built up and lifted up and so so he, so he came in and he says he says John God spoke to me about you and he told me to tell you three things and I said okay I'm ready so he says God told me to tell you that you're proud arrogant and rebellious <laughs> I wasn't expecting that and so and so you know and so I was sort of reeling back proud arrogant because I never saw that in me and so I was humble enough to say, okay, I'll pray about it. It was probably my only response that I had, whether you call it humble or not. It was like I didn't have any other response. And, uh, and so when he went away, I prayed about it. And have you ever prayed whinging to God? Huh? Oh, God, this man came into my office and he told me that I'm proud, arrogant, and rebellious. And Lord, you know that I'm not proud, arrogant, and rebellious, don't you, Lord? And there was no response. Lord, you know that I'm not proud out of rebellious, don't you, Lord? No response. And then God began to speak to me and he said this, John, are you perfect yet? And I said, Lord, you know that I'm not perfect yet. And then he says, do you know why? And then I found myself responding, is it because I'm proud, arrogant, and rebellious? <laughs> and, and, and the Lord said, you've just, you've misheard. So you're, you're hearing him saying to you, you're 100% proud, 100% arrogant, 100% rebellious. But what he's seen is the imperfection proportion in your life that's still got pride. So yes, there's some humility, but there's also pride there. And he saw it and he addressed it. So what are you going to do? Write it off or, oh, God, please, I, I just, I, I need for you to help me address this area. And can I just say to you that I learned a very valuable lesson there that sometimes people see in your life what you don't see. And what humility does, rather than rejecting it, it takes it to God and says, God, would you speak to me? Because I want to be like Jesus. And there are obviously things that are there blocking me from being like Jesus. And if other people see it and they're trying to address it in my life, let me not be so arrogant and rebellious that I reject it. Or if you can't say amen, say ouch. 
Ouch. So pride is at the root of all sin. It makes people selfish. It makes people unteachable. It makes people entitled. It makes people lazy, nasty. They become takers, connivers, power-hungry connivers. They become greedy and let me tell you, and incredibly ugly on the inside. You know what? You might be incredibly good looking on the outside, but if pride is there, you become ugly on the inside. Whereas humility does exactly the opposite. Look at these beautiful words that humility generates. Selflessness and teachability and responsibility and diligence and kindness. And you become a giver, not a taker. You become supportive, not conniving. You become gracious, not greedy. You become beautiful on the inside, not ugly on the inside. And what an incredible thing. This is what I've discovered, that pride will always bring disunity, whereas humility will always bring unity. So if you're in a situation where there is disunity, let's, let's become personal. If there's disunity in your marriage, pride is at the root of it. So you're trying to address the disunity, it'll never work if you don't address the pride. And so what do you need to do? You be the first to address the pride. Just what can I do to make this better? What can I do to make this better? And I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that you can do is stop being critical and start being supportive. How many of you know that every single war that's ever taken place has happened because of pride? I want what you've got and I'll take it no matter what the consequences are. And so pride is at the root of control and manipulation and it doesn't care about the aftermath. As long as I'm happy, I don't care about the aftermath. And so we've got a whole generation of proud, arrogant blokes around looking for who they can have a one-night stand with, not caring about the aftermath, not caring if the girl gets pregnant. And so, oh, well, we'll fix that with an abortion. What is the matter with your thinking? It's all about me. It's all about me. That's the center of pride. See, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. How beautiful is humility? How ugly is the it's all about me syndrome? Let me say something to you that's going to shake you in your seats. Are you ready for this? James chapter 4 verse 6. And it's repeated in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says this, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This will shake you in your seats. I did a word study on what the word resists means. God resists the proud. Are you ready to be shaken in your seats? This is what the word resists means. To set an army against... It's actually a battle terminology. And the battle terminology gives you a picture in your mind of an army arrayed against you. And right there at the head of that army is God. You want to be proud? You set God's army of heaven against you. 
And God's at the center stopping you from going forward. God resists the proud. And here's a lot of people say, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Hey, you're proud. God's going to resist you. You're praying for breakthrough. And God's saying, your breakthrough is in humility. Because the next part of the verse is God gives grace to the humble. So God says, I, I, I will actually give you divine favor. If you become faith, and so it's like the army then switches side. And so God and the army switches side and gets, gets on your side now. And so you've got grace, you've got God and the armies of heaven on your side when you're humble. If you're proud, you're facing God and the armies of heaven stopping you, resisting you. If you're humble, they change sides and you've got the armies of heaven on your side giving grace to you, divine favor. Why would you pick pride over humility? Oh, because let me tell you something. You've got to break that spirit. You've got to do battle with the Amorites and bring that giant down. Because if you don't bring it down, it's going to bring you down. If you don't defeat it, it's going to defeat you. You've got a choice here. Oh, but John, you don't know what they've done to me. Well, are you going to fix it by being proud? Because pride will never fix anything. Oh, come on. I'm telling, I'm speaking, I'm speaking to your freedom today. I'm speaking against the lies of the enemy that just want you to stay proud. I'm the man. Well, stay there by yourself and have God resist you. What? No, no, but I'm right. God can't, God can't stop. No, God's not going to ask the question whether you're right or wrong. He's going to ask you whether you're proud. And if you're proud and you're not willing to humble yourself, then he's going to resist you. And you won't get the breakthrough that you're praying for. Become humble. Just humble. Humility. Humility is the key to overcoming this Amorite spirit. Let, let, let me tell you how you can do this. Because humility is actually connected with getting a right God concept. You've got to get a right God concept in order for humility to work. If you've got a wrong God concept, then you've got to do it on your own. It's like, I've got to fight for this to win. No, no, let God fight for you. You've got to get a right God concept. And the right God concept is if God's for you, who can be against you? You've just got to get that right God concept. That you just got to let God go into battle on your behalf. And, and just say, God, I'll, I'll let you deal with this. God, I'll, I'll just be humble. I'll apologize, whatever. But I'll let you sort this out. And, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. But, but you've got to sort this out. It's got to get a right God concept. Because if your God concept is that God's not going to help you, if your God concept is God's this far away man in the sky that just ignores me, and that's your God concept, then you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to make everything happen yourself. You're going to have to pull, shove, push, whatever. But if your God concept, if God is for me, who can be against me? God is actually on my side. Come on, guys. We need to get the right God concept. You start taking one step towards God, and he'll start running towards you. He is not an absent father. He is there. He is there. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He is there. He's not removed. You've got to get a right God concept. 
And remove the pride out of your life. Humble yourself, the Bible says, and he will exalt you. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Humble yourself, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, and he will exalt you in due time. Psalm 75 verse 6 says, exaltation. We've often used the word promotion, but but the, the Hebrew word is being lifted up. Exaltation, promotion does not come from the east, the west, or the south, but it comes from God, who is judge. He's the one that sees the humble and he will lift you up. Come on, stop looking at it from the north, the south, and the west. Stop looking at it from men, but that men will promote you, that men will do something. Humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. How many of you think that's awesome? What else do you need to do? Just die to self. You, you, you want to destroy pride? You want to destroy the spirit of pride? You've got to die to self. You've got to die. Everybody say, I've got to die. That's a tough thing. I've got to die. You've got to die. You know what happens when you poke a dead person? Nothing. You know what happens when you poke a living person? A black eye. So are you giving people black eyes? You haven't died. Are you cool and relaxed when you're getting poked? You've died. Simple as that. Oh, but I'm Irish. And the Irish rises up. Well, I'm Italian, baby, and we got the mafia, so watch out. You know, you've got to die. You're that mafia spirit, the Irish, or whatever you want to call it, it's got to die. It's got to die so that Christ can live in you. And you get the right God concept and it says, God, you're going to deal with it. Do you know what? When you walk with God, he just brings the blessings to you. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to connive. You don't have to steal. You don't have to, you, you don't have to find, you know, oh, well, I've got it. No, God will just bring it to you. It's the right God concept where trust, trusting God becomes such a critical thing. When you're able to do that, then you're able to follow Christ's example. And you follow Christ's example with Philippians 2, 5 to 9. It says, he humbled himself and became obedient. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. What a great example. He humbled himself and went to the cross for you. He was God. Didn't consider equality with God to be something to grasp, but he humbled himself, became obedient, became a servant. You know, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. How many of you can quote 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14? If my people who are called by my name... What, what, what's the first thing that they need to do? What is it? Will humble themselves. If my people who are called by, their name, by my name will humble themselves. You want to defeat this Amorite spirit? You've got to humble yourself. He said, but how can humility defeat pride? See, that's the secret. That's the secret. This is the God's secret, that humility defeats pride. Because it's the opposite. It actually just, just, it just cancels it out. Humility cancels it out. And so this Amorite spirit wants to live in your life. And if it lives in your life, it will, it will literally stop you from coming into the promised land. And you know... I've seen so many people have the spirit of pride and it stopped them from even getting saved. 
I'm, I'm just about finished here, but can I just say this? This is so powerful if you get hold of this. Because for some people, it's their last hurdle. It's the last hurdle before salvation. For some people, it's either, it's either the spirit of pride or the spirit of fear. But these giants stand in front of their salvation. You think about it. For some of you, you have to, the pride, the pride spirit that says, but you know, you're a good person. You haven't killed anybody. You haven't stolen anything. You're, you're a good person. You know, you'll get saved because of your goodness. That's pride right there. And how many people do you know that that spirit is the blockage between their salvation because they won't humble themselves and say, God, I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. Then, then if you've overcome that spirit of pride, there's another spirit called the spirit of fear and it stands in front of you and says, well, you know, God's not going to forgive you. You're, you're not perfect enough. You're, you're not righteous enough. As if, as if you've got to be perfect for God to forgive your sins. That's why he died. For the sinners, not the perfect. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need salvation. It's because you're imperfect that you need salvation. So this spirit of fear, this lying spirit that stands in front of you, blocking your salvation, you need to put down. And you need to get over that hurdle of pride or fear and break into salvation because his arms are extended and this filthy giant is standing in front of you, stopping you from the blessing of God. And it's time to bring it down and say, Jesus, you're calling me, I'm coming home. I'm stepping over the top of this giant and I'm coming home. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe in him today? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he rose from the dead? You're not saved because you're perfect. You're saved because you believe. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.